0: All right, so uh, on today's show, we're going to talk about, I'm going to share a segment from Roland Martin Unfiltered. Uh, Originally, they were not going to have panelists on today's show, but they decided to have panelists, so I got the call uh, today asking me if I could be on. So one of the things that we talked about was the interview that Lester Holt did with um, Uh, Lieutenant Michael Byrd of the uh, Capitol Hill uh, Police uh, Department. And Lieutenant Michael Byrd revealed himself as the uh, officer who shot and killed the uh, insurrectionists on January 6th during the domestic terrorist attack. It was a very interesting uh, interview that uh, Lester Hope did. Before before the day, we did not know the name of uh, the officer who uh, shot and killed Ashley Babbitt, who was a um, uh, insurrectionist, a rioter on January 6th. And we we found out that uh, he is African-American. But that adds a whole new dimension to uh, this whole discussion. So we talked about this on Roland Martin Unfiltered today. So I'm going to share an excerpt of uh, that discussion. And then, um, so we'll discuss that. Then also uh, Capitol Hill police officers, some Capitol Hill police officers are suing uh, Donald Trump and extremists alleging conspiracy and terrorism on January 6th. These two stories are related. Uh, Seven officers from the United States Capitol Police are suing former President Donald Trump, his longtime advisor Roger Stone and members of far-right extremist groups alleging they conspired to use violence on January 6th to attempt to prevent Congress from certifying The results of the 2020 presidential election. Now what's interesting about this lawsuit. Is that they are using. um, The Ku Klux Klan Act. Of 1871. Okay. They're using the Ku Klux Klan Act. Of 1871. In violation of it. As the foundation. For this lawsuit. All right. So we're going to talk uh About that then we'll, we'll talk a little bit about the Ku Klux Klan Act of eighteen seventy one which uh was signed in the law during reconstruction okay during reconstruction so we see this law being used today because uh elected officials are being threatened and they're uh they're being threatened and intimidated um and insurrectionists were trying to stop them in their official capacity so we'll talk about that also uh then we have a a quick update in the R Kelly trial uh there was uh part of a report that I did not get a chance to talk to yesterday talk about yesterday we had so much on yesterday's show but R Kelly accuser said I'll never forget how he treated me uh, there was we talked uh, briefly about uh, this part on yesterday's show how R Kelly thought that uh, allegedly he thought that he could have sex with young girls because he is a genius or musical genius okay There's a piece from the New York Times uh, that discusses this uh, as well. Okay, so we'll talk a little bit a little bit about that uh, also. It's a crazy, crazy story, and I've been following the trial and the testimony, and it's just uh, it's just mind blowing. All right, so we'll talk about that also on today's show. Now, on the African History Network show, we focus on educating empowering, and inspiring people of African descent throughout the diaspora and around the world because right now it's correct wrong behavior. What you do for yourself, what you do to yourself, and what you allow other people to do to you and get away with is based upon what you think about yourself. What you think about yourself is based upon what you haven't taught about yourself. What you've been taught about yourself is based upon everything you've read, heard, and seen about yourself. So when you control the radius of a man or a woman's thoughts, you can control the compass of his or her actions because the mind can't do or teach what it doesn't know. Now, we deal with a number of different topics here on the African History Network show. We deal with current events of history and politics, education, economic empowerment, entrepreneurship, relationships, love, sex, health issues, and much, much more sign up for our email newsletter, text the word KEMET, K-E-M-E-T, to 22828 to sign up for our email newsletter. Text the word KEMET, K-E-M-E-T, to 22828 to sign up for our email newsletter. Also also visit our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, to sign up for our email newsletter as well. All right. All um, right we'll give you some more information about the 10 week online course that I teach on Saturdays 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern standard time from the civil war to the civil rights movement and black power 1865 to 1968 from the civil war to the civil rights movement and black power 1865 to 1968 I teach that class on Saturdays is a 10 week online course and we deal with uh, history from 1865 to 1968 uh, to understand what happened after the um, civil war ended. Okay. Understand what happened after uh, the civil war ended. Um, okay. So we'll, we'll give you information about that. And it's at our website, African history Okay. Uh. All right, Uh, I wanna jump into this first story. So I knew the interview was coming up with uh, Lester Holt. And I was wondering, I was like, okay, so why is uh, the officer that shot and killed Ashley Babbitt? Why is he doing the interview? Why is he gonna reveal uh, who he was, who he is? You know all of this, right? And I said, okay. So I want to see the interview. I never thought that the um, Capitol Hill police officer was African American. Okay, and uh, yeah, there's a statistical chance that he was, but I just hadn't heard anything about his race. So, you know, I didn't know. All right, so. Um, they have the uh, NBC News has uh, of the article: Officer who shot Ashley Babbitt during Capitol riot breaks silence. "Quote: I saved countless lives. I saved countless lives." Okay, which he did, and 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 uh, those on Capitol Hill are, are saying this also. He he saved countless lives. Now. His name is uh, Lieutenant Michael Byrd. okay, Lieutenant Michael Byrd. And uh, he's African-American. And he's talked about how he's gotten uh, death threats prior to revealing who he is. So we know the death threats have probably escalated when white supremacists find find out he's African-American. But in an interview with NBC News, uh, Lester Holt, Lieutenant Michael Byrd said he opened fire only as a last resort. He opened fire only as a last resort after the rioters failed to comply with his commands. Okay, now this is what I said on Roller Martin Unfiltered today. And I've said this before, they should have complied. Because this is what this is what we're told when African Americans are shot by police, okay, unarmed African Americans are shot by police, and we say it's unjustified. Well, he gave her warnings, and he gave all of them warnings. They they should have complied, okay. But they're they're so focused on, um, you know, they they they're, they're so focused on being about that life. They're so focused on pushing the big lie that uh, they weren't, you know, dealing with reason. Okay, these are some of the same people that are probably taking cow dewormers to fight coronavirus and cow dewormers are made for cows. They're not, it's not made for human consumption. Okay, Just, just, just more nonsense. All right, so if we look at this article here in the chaotic minutes before Uh, He shot and killed uh, Ashley Babbitt during the Capitol riot on January 6th. Lieutenant Michael Byrd focused his attention on the glass doors leading into the lobby of the House of Representatives chambers, uh, leading into the lobby of the House of Representatives chambers. About 60 to 80 House members and staffers were holed up inside, and it was Lieutenant Michael Byrd's job to protect them. I wanna to go to uh, clip one here. This is from uh, NBC Nightly News. This is uh, the interview that Lester Holt did with Lieutenant uh, Michael Byrd. Let's go to this uh, clip.
1: Batted about on the internet that you've never been officially publicly identified.
2: you wanna tell us who you are? Uh, my name is Michael Byrd. I'm a lieutenant for the United States Capitol Police. For months he has lived
1: in hiding, he says over this moment. His decision to use deadly force against a rioter as she climbed through a barricaded door that leads to the house chamber. In the months since, he's been the target of threats.
2: Can you give us the nature of some of those threats? They talked about you know, killing me, uh, cutting off my head, you know, very vicious and cruel things. Racist things? There were some racist attacks as well. It's all disheartening because I know I was doing my job.
1: Given the nature of the threats that you described, do you have any
2: concern about showing your face and identifying it? Of course I do. Uh, that is a very vital point, and it's something that uh, is frightening. I believe I showed the... Uh, utmost courage on January 6th, and it's time for me to do that now. Responsible that day for
1: securing the house chambers, Byrd couldn't see what Americans were witnessing on their TVs, but he could hear it in the pleas from other officers.
2: Were you afraid that day? I was very afraid. What are you hearing on your radio? I'm hearing about the breaches of different uh, barricaded areas, uh, officers being overrun, Also, been down. Did you ever hear a call or report of shots fired during any of this? As a matter of fact, I did. There was reports of shots fired through the house main door onto the floor of the chamber. Later, those reports would prove to be false. This video captures
1: Bird instructing members of Congress to don gas masks. He says officers barricaded the door, what he considered the
2: last line of defense. i had been yelling and screaming as loud as I was, please stop, get back, get back, stop. We had our weapons thrown. Burr, only his hand and gun visible, targeted a figure
1: trying to climb through a window. He fired a single fatal shot, hitting Ashley Babbitt. She was 35 years old, an Air Force veteran, Trump supporter, and QAnon follower. We see your arm out there
2: for a considerable amount of time. Were you wavering? I was taking a tactical stance. You're ultimately hoping that your commands will be complied with, and unfortunately, they were not. When you fired, what could you see? Where were you aiming? You're taught to aim for center mass. the subject was sideways, and I could not see a full motion of her hands or anything. Um, so I guess her movement you know caused the uh, discharge to to fall where it did. And what did you
1: think this individual was doing at that at that well, she was posing a threat to United States House Representatives. But an attorney for Ashley Babbitt's family disputes that. He did not respond to our request for a comment, but in a previous statement said Babbitt was not brandishing a weapon, not in close proximity to members of Congress, and was not an imminent threat of death or serious injury to anyone. Her family points out that she was not armed. That's correct. The fact that you weren't aware whether she was armed or not, did that alter the decision-making?
2: It- did not.
1: What should we make of the fact that there were other officers in other potentially life-threatening situations who didn't use their service weapons that
2: day? Um, I'm sure it was a terrifying situation. I can only control my reaction, my training, my level of expertise that would be upon them to speak for themselves. Former President
1: Trump has has talked about you and this and this incident he says she was murdered. What does it feel like to hear that
2: from a former president? Well, it's disheartening. If he was in the room or anywhere and I'm responsible for him, I was prepared to do the same thing for him and his family.
1: Would you have his back today if you were so assigned? I sure would, because it's my job. As I said, your name is, has been on the internet for some time in an unofficial in way. A lot of rumors, a lot of accusations. One of which is that you had some sort of political motive. Um, you were, you were a political
2: operative. I do my job for Republican, for Democrat, for white, for black, red, blue, green. A
1: few years ago, you were investigated for.
0: Hey, pa- pause. A right there. Hey, pause right there. In a bathroom. Pause it right there. We're coming up on the break uh when we come back we'll continue the rest of this and i'll let you hear the segment from roland martin unfiltered it doesn't matter whether she was armed or not Uh, a unarmed person can still pose a threat they can disarm somebody with a gun they can try to run and attack somebody and hit somebody even if they are shot so just because she's not armed does not mean she didn't pose a threat he did the right thing and it was investigated by the Capitol Hill Police, and he was cleared. Uh, he, he was cleared, and it was a justified shooting. Uh, you listen to the African History Network show right here on nine ten AM, the Superstation, the Future Radio. I'm your host, Brother Mike Lim Hotel. We'll be back in a few minutes.
3: Gain knowledge in minutes from insightful summaries of progressive and socially conscious books. Blacklisted gives you access to curated content that'll satisfy your curiosity to learn and understand different perspectives. Empower yourself through inspirational and actionable ideas. It's easy to read or listen to on the go. Blacklisted. Empower yourself. Start your free trial today.
4: Black on Purpose Television Network. Yes, Black on Purpose Television Network. All black, all positive, all the time. The largest black-owned streaming television network in the world. Bringing our people together worldwide. Controlling our messages, our story, our way. Black TV the way it should be. Black music, black history, and more. 30-plus channels, thousands of shows. Black on Purpose Television Network. Subscribe
5: now. Unfortunately, many people confuse what racism is. Racism is a power structure. laws and policies that put us in this predicament, there's going to be laws and policies that take our so when You control the radius of a man or woman's thoughts. You control the compass of his or her actions because the mind can't do what each it doesn't know. We have it all on, on 9 a.m. Superstation. <laughs> 910, The
1: Superstation, Detroit's only African American talk radio.
0: Welcome back. Welcome back to the African History Network show, right here on 910 AM, The Superstation Future Radio. I'm your host, Brother Mike Limhotep. Hotep. It is uh, Friday, August 27th, 2021. We are live. 313 778 7600 is the call in number if you have a question or comment. 313 778 7,600 is the call in number. If you have a question or comment, um, right before the break, I was sharing the interview that Lester Holt did with uh, Lieutenant Michael Byrd, okay, of the Capitol Hill Police. Lieutenant Michael Byrd, January 6th, shot and killed the insurrectionist, the rioter, uh, Ashley Babbitt, uh, who had served in the Air Force. Uh, She was a QAnon supporter. Uh, she believed in that crazy uh, conspiracy theory. She was a QAnon supporter. She was also a Donald Trump supporter as well. And um, she believed the, the, the hype and uh, believed the uh, lies from Donald Trump and QAnon, all this nonsense. And she participated in the uh, insurrection. And uh, she ended up uh, getting killed. Now she was shot in the shoulder and died hours later from her injuries okay she was shot in the shoulder and dies our died hours later from her injuries the fact that she was unarmed does not mean she did not pose a threat you can still attempt to attack somebody if you're unarmed okay she should have complied he told her uh, he, he gave commands okay and she tried to cross she tried to uh, come uh, uh, climb through the window uh, of the door and uh, he fired a shot and shot her in the shoulder and she fell and ended up dying from, from her uh, injury. She should have complied. Um, now, Lieutenant Michael Bird said he had no idea whether the person he shot was carrying a weapon. It was only later that night that he found out that the rioter was a woman who was unarmed. Okay, And when asked why he pulled the trigger, he said it was a last resort, okay It was the last resort um he tried he said he tried to wait as long as he could. He told Lester hope and we're gonna go back uh back up that clip about thirty seconds or a minute uh uh Ed and he said that he tried to wait as long as he could. He said he hoped and prayed. no one tried to enter through those doors, okay but you're dealing, with, you're dealing with a bunch of domestic terrorists who are stuck on stupid. This is what you, this is what you were dealing with, okay? You're dealing with a, a bunch of domestic terrorists believing conspiracy theories, stuck on stupid, and they were radicalized partly by Donald Trump, which is why the lawsuit is being filed against Donald Trump also by some Capitol Hill police officers because he incited the insurrection. We'll, we'll talk about that next. Uh, Lieutenant Michael Hope, I mean, sorry, Lieutenant Michael Bird said, I tried to wait as long as I could. I hoped and prayed no one tried to enter through those doors, but their failure to comply required me to take appropriate action. See, what we have here is a failure to communicate. What we have here is a failure to communicate. Their failure to comply required me to take appropriate action to save the lives of members of Congress, myself, and my fellow officers. So, like I said, hey, you know, he he told you don't cross the door, he told you don't come in, and you came in anyway, okay. Now, Lieutenant Michael Byrd has been cleared of wrongdoing by the Justice Department and Capitol Police in announcing its decision not to charge him, the Justice Department said in April 2021 that investigators had examined video, physical evidence from the scene, autopsy results, and statements from the officer involved, as well as other officers and witnesses. Quote, the investigation revealed no evidence to establish at the time the officer fired a single shot at uh, Miss Babbitt. The officer did not reasonably believe that it was necessary to do so in self-defense or in defense of the members of Congress and others evacuating the House chamber," end quote. Federal prosecutor said in a statement. Absolutely, he was he was he was definitely justified. So, the 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 question that we have to ask is why did these people believe the big lie? Why did he, why do these people believe the big lie? Why were they susceptible to being radicalized? That's the question we should ask ourselves. How many, how many of these people are taking uh, cow dewormers uh, for, uh, and thinking that's going to treat coronavirus? I mean, because you guys, I was, I was watching um, uh, Rachel Maddow, MSNBC, and getting ready for this show because I did two hours on rolling show from six to eight. Six, we finished a little bit after eight. Then I had to scramble and get ready for this show. You got people who won't take the vaccine that's made for humans, but that dumbass is going to take a cow dewormer that's not made for human consumption. It's like You know, that's that's stupid on a whole nother level. That's 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 stupid on a whole nother level. These are the people who believe these conspiracy theories. That's just. Where these people come from. So let's go back to this clip here, uh, Ed.
1: Bay, if you were so assigned, I sure would, because it's my job. As I said, your name is, has been on the internet for some time in an, in an unofficial way. A lot of rumors, a lot of accusations, one of which is that you had some sort of
2: political motive. Um, you, were, you were a political operative. I do my job for Republican, for Democrat, for white, for
1: black, red, blue, green. A few years ago, you were investigated for leaving your, your service weapon in a bathroom, uh, and that's been brought
2: up by, by those who were questioning your competency. Yeah. Do you want to respond to that? Sure. Uh, it was a terrible mistake. I uh, acknowledged it. I owned up to it. I accepted the responsibility. I was penalized for it, and um, I moved on. MULTIPLE INVESTIGATIONS
1: HAVE NOW UPHELD BIRD'S ACTIONS ON JANUARY 6TH. Capitol POLICE IN THEIR uh, PRESS RELEASE AFTER exonerating YOU SAID YOUR ACTIONS POTENTIALLY SAVED MEMBERS AND STAFF FROM SERIOUS INJURY AND POSSIBLE DEATH. WHAT WAS IT LIKE TO HEAR THOSE WORDS, TO SEE THOSE WORDS?
2: THOSE WORDS MEANT A LOT BECAUSE THAT'S EXACTLY WHAT I DID ON THAT DAY. THAT WAS MY MISSION was what I prepared for. And it's rewarding and refreshing
1: to hear that. Lieutenant Bird says he still loves his job and looks forward to returning to it.
0: Okay. So that is from uh, uh, MBT Nightly News, uh, Lester Holt. That's from August 26th. 2021. And uh, NBC News has a big uh, article dealing with this as well. Uh, I'm going to go back to the article here briefly. Then I want to go to this clip. We discussed this on Roland Martin unfiltered today. Interesting discussion. Okay. Um, So I'll share an excerpt of that with you also. Okay. So the investigation revealed no evidence to establish at the, uh, at the time uh, the officer fired a single shot at uh, Ashley Babbitt. Uh, the officer did not reasonably believe that it was necessary to do so in self-defense or in defense of the members of Congress and others evacuating the House chamber. Federal prosecutors said uh, in a statement. Now, read the rest of this article. This is a extensive article. This is like, uh, I think, eight pages, eight or nine pages. I printed it up. It's like, uh, yeah, about eight pages or so. Uh, I want to go to this next clip here. This is from uh, Roland Martin and Filter Today. Dr. Avis Avis Jones, the weaver, was sitting in for Roland. And we discussed uh, the revelation of uh, Lieutenant Michael Byrd, and we discussed uh, the interview, okay? Let's go to this clip, uh, Ed.
6: Sadness. It really did. Absolutely. And Michael, talks about this horrible situation um, that Lieutenant Byrd finds himself in, and then when we think about that that's against the idea that supposedly these very same people who are threatening his life who are questioning his decisions on that day that clearly saved lives, are the very same people who, you know, a few months ago was talking about Blue Lives Matter this and Blue Lives Matter that. I mean, I could get whiplash from the hypocrisy. Uh, You know, what are your thoughts about this type of sort of, uh, you know, right hypocrisy and no real sort of, Merits in terms of morality around where one stands on this issue, but instead, it seems like everything—at least on the Republican side of the aisle—is all based one, around fealty to one criminal former president.
5: Well, Republicans backed the blue until the coup. That's what happened. See, they backed uh-huh. the blue until the coup. These are white domestic terrorists. The, the, the Republican Party is, as is my friend Dr. Greg Carr. Says they are the white nationalist party. This is what they are. This, this this goes to the fear of the browning of America that Donald Trump tapped into in 2015 and 2016 when he ran, and uh, you you you, ha- you have these white domestic terrorists who can't believe that Trump lost the election, uh, and you know it, it, as I said before, um, Ashley Babbitt should have complied. She should have complied with the police because that's what they tell us when we get shot. We should have complied. She should have complied. They gave her warnings. OK, now she was radicalized. She was radicalized. She was a QAnon supporter. She was radicalized by these white domestic terrorists, QAnon and Donald Trump. Donald, she, she was a Donald Trump follower, like many of these other people there. And, and they're so stupid. They don't, even, they don't even understand the difference between the White House and the U.S. Capitol building. Because there was one of these idiots who's sitting in jail right now. There's one of these idiots who's sitting in jail right now who went to the Capitol, and he said, said, the president sent us here, okay? The president invited us. That's not the president's house, you idiot. He has no authority over the U.S. Capitol building. All right? They don't even understand the the, the difference between the executive branch of government and the legislative branch of government. So, um, you you know, but this this is what happens when um, you have— a conspiracy theorist, a white supremacist, a white nationalist, who is in the position of Trump, and he radicalizes people. So you know, we we it, 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 there's so much going on right here. But at the foundation, also, is a lack of understanding of history of this country. This is why America must have a massive history lesson, and also Americans don't understand the U.S. Constitution as well. Okay, so mm-hmm. we have to have uh, a, a, a massive uh, history lesson and understanding the Constitution, history of this country. But also, we, we have to understand we got to protect ourselves from idiots like this. And we got to make sure these these uh, Trump supporters in the House of Representatives in the U.S. Senate and the 147 Republicans in, in the House voted not to certify the 2020 presidential election. We got to make sure we vote those traitors out of office also. Because if they come back into power in the House and the Senate, you know they're going to do us harm. They're already trying to block anything that's beneficial to African-Americans. So we got to make sure we fire them and vote the model office also.
6: Absolutely. Now, you, you raise a point that I think is so important to highlight, underscore, circle, underline, everything that we can possibly do. These are terror. Right. These are terrorists. Absolutely. Terror. And every, uh, analysis that I've seen around, uh, terrorism in this nation suggests that domestic terrorists, uh, primarily white male domestic mm-hmm. terrorists are the biggest threat to us. Yes. In this nation. Uh, they are the most violent ilk in this nation. All right, pause, and pause, it, right there. Yeah. Me, pause uh, it right there. To the degree to win-
0: OK, you can watch that uh, full clip at uh, what well, you can watch the full show at Roland Martin and Phil Roland Martin on YouTube and Roland Martin on Facebook. And uh, I'll post the link here uh, to the full show. You can watch it. Uh, also, we had a, a great show today. And. Um, not the Avis Jones, the Weaver, who you see uh, pretty much every day on the Black News Channel. Uh, she did a great job. She's a panelist on Roland Martin Unfiltered. It's quite a few of them on the Black News Channel. Misha Cross is on the Black News Channel. Candace Kelly, who does legal analysis for the Black News Channel. She's on Roland Martin Unfiltered as well. So it's a few, uh, few of them. Uh, Dr. Ni- uh, Niamh B. Carter uh, of Howard University. I saw her on the Black News Channel today as well. Uh, I've seen her in the past couple of days. So it's a few, it's a few of them on uh, the Black News Channel. All right. So i want to go to uh, and i want to go to uh this i want to go to this other story these two stories are connected um you have capital- you have seven capitol hill police officers who are suing the uh, who are suing donald trump okay because of uh the insurrection and Capitol Hill police officers being attacked. Uh, there's this piece here from USA Today, and Yahoo News picked it up, picked up this story. Uh, we talked about this today uh, on Roller Martin and Filtered. I'll share that excerpt on Sunday show because I got to go through and, like, edit the, the, the video, and I don't, I don't have enough time. I only uh, We finish his show after 8 o'clock, and then I have to do the show at 11 um, Capitol police officers sue Trump extremists alleging conspiracy terrorism on January 6th. OK, alleging conspiracy uh, terrorism on January 6th. If we look at this uh, article here. Seven officers from the United States Capitol Police are suing former President Donald Trump. His longtime advisor, Roger Stone, who Donald Trump gave a pardon to, the dirty trickster, uh, Roger Stone, uh, and members of far right extremist groups, alleging they conspired to use violence January 6th to attempt to prevent Congress from certifying the results of the 2020 presidential election. All right, Actually, they were trying to overthrow the government. This is what they were trying to do. They're trying to overthrow the government and keep the transfer the transference of power, the peaceful transference of power from happening and they were happening and they would try to interrupt the certification of the uh, electoral college votes. Now the lawsuit filed in the U S district court for the uh, district of Columbia on Thursday morning alleges that the, Trump, that, that Trump and the other defendants conspired with one another through the use of force, threats, and intimidation, okay, through the use of force, threats, and intimidation that culminated in the attack on the Capitol. Officer Jason DeRoche, an 18-year veteran of the Capitol Police and a Navy veteran, and the, uh, and, and Navy veteran, said the civil lawsuit isn't about winning a financial settlement. The civil lawsuit is not about winning a financial settlement. Settlement. Rather, he said, the lawsuit aims to set the record straight about what happened January 6th and make sure history does not repeat itself. The lawsuit aims to set the record straight about what happened on January 6th and to make sure that history does not repeat itself. He said, we don't want something like this happening ever again. Now, he said he wants Trump and the other defendants to be held accountable for what they did so that, quote, if they were ever to do this again, they would, there would be consequences if they were ever, uh, if they were to ever do this again there would be consequences now joining uh de in the loss in the lawsuit are six other veteran capital police officers who have each served 13 to 35 years at the department. The complaint details the event of, of January 6th, describing the officers being assaulted by bear spray uh, officers being assaulted bear sprayed and tear gassed and believing their lives were threat, uh threatened now uh officers stationed outside the capitol were attacked for hours uh also uh de said or de said his shift at 7 a.m that day is when he started 7 a.m a few hours later he helped barricade the capitol with bike racks against attacking Trump supporters, the lawsuit says, over the course of a shift that lasted until 11.30 p.m. Okay, so he started his shift at 7 a.m. and over the course, course of a shift that lasted until 11.30 p.m., he was assaulted in a, well, I think they meant, well, I'm not sure whether they meant his shift ended at 11.30 a.m. or what have you, but we know that uh, in the evening they left. Uh, so he may still been on shift at 11.30 p.m., but okay. Uh, he was assaulted and attacked with bear spray, pepper spray, and fire extinguishers. His eyes uh, were swollen shut, his arm was injured, and he suffered emotional injuries, the lawsuit says, okay? So he may have worked until 1130 p.m. that day, but we know that uh, late in the uh, afternoon, early evening or so, we know uh, they dispersed. Now, quote, these officers risked their lives and were brutally attacked, defending the right of every citizen to a government of their choosing, said Edward Kaspar, senior counsel with the Lawyers Committee for Civil Rights under law and advocacy group representing the police officers. Uh, he went on to say, quote, if they didn't do what they did that day, if they didn't have the courage to stand up, I don't know that they uh, that we'd be living in a democracy today. Now, the lawsuit claims the defendants violated the federal Ku Klux Klan Act of 1871, a reconstruction era statute That allows individuals to sue when they are injured by conspiracies that prevent that, quote, prevent by force, intimidation or threat any person from accepting or holding any office, trust or place of confidence under the United States. Okay, so this is uh, from the Reconstruction era. There were four force acts uh, in the 1870s. This is the third of the four force acts in the, in, during, during the Reconstruction era. Um, this, this act allows individuals to sue when they are injured by conspiracies that, quote, prevent by force, intimidation, or threat any person from accepting or holding any office, trust or place of confidence under the United States, end quote. Um, the law couldn't fit the circumstances of the case better, uh, Casper said. Uh, this attack was about using force, intimidation and threats to prevent Congress from doing its job and certifying the election results and injuring the Capitol police officers in the performance of their jobs, end quote, he said. All right, now, uh, there was a article from, let me see here, there's one from, there's an article from a few months ago from February uh, that you can check out. Uh, this is from NBC News. How the 1871 Ku Klux Klan Act is being used in this latest Trump lawsuit. Okay, how the 1871 Ku Klux Klan Act is being used in this latest Trump lawsuit. Now, th- this this particular article here is from February 20, uh, sorry February 2021, and it. Uh, This deals with the lawsuit that Representative Benny Thompson, Democrat of Mississippi, and the NAACP uh, uh, are using in a lawsuit against uh, Donald Trump as well, using the Ku Klux Klan Act of 1871. Representative uh, Benny Thompson, Democrat from Mississippi, and the NAACP are suing former uh, President Donald Trump and his longtime ally Rudy Giuliani for allegedly conspiring with a pair of hate groups to storm the US Capitol and block the electoral count in January. And they're using a 150 year old law as the basis of the suit. Representative Benny Thompson and the NAACP uh, allege in the suit uh, obtained by NBC News that Trump, Giuliani and the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers used, quote, intimidation, harassment and threats to stop the vote count and caused the January 6th Capitol riot in the process. Uh, This, they said, violated the Ku Klux Klan Act of 1871. Uh, Quote, I guess it tells you something when you can use the Ku Klux Klan law from the 1870s, said Brian Levin, director of the city for the study of hate and extremism at California State University. Quote, it's part of a series of laws enacted after the Civil War everything old is unfortunately new again. Everything old is unfortunately new again. Now the statute was first passed following the civil war to combat KKK violence and allow African Americans to take action against hate groups who use force, intimidation, or threat to prevent leaders from doing the duties of their office. Okay, Levin uh, explained. Particularly, it prohibits people from using violence and conspiracies violence and conspiracies to keep Congress members from doing their jobs. The law was passed at a time when the Ku Klux Klan was openly, violently terrorizing African-Americans and the U.S. Congress members while seeking to block reconstruction era reforms for African-Americans in the South. Okay. So um, this is history repeating itself. Now, this article, read this one here. This is from February 17, 2021, NBC News. How the 1871 Ku Klux Klan Act is being used in this latest Trump lawsuit. This is the lawsuit filed by Representative Benny Thompson of Mississippi, but also the lawsuit that the Capitol Hill police officers, seven Capitol Hill police officers, just filed. They're also using uh, the Ku Klux Klan Act as well. Okay? Read this piece here from... Uh, Yahoo News picked up from USA Today: uh, Capitol police officers uh, sued Trump extremists, alleging conspiracy terrorism on January 6th. All right, Uh, read that one as well. Now there's also a piece from um, uh, was it History.house.gov. We're going to go to uh, the R. Kelly clip uh, just a second here, uh, Ed. There's a uh, piece from History.house.gov. History.house.gov, well, house.gov is the official website of the US House of Representatives, house.gov. They have a history section at house.gov also, okay? And here this deals with the uh, Ku Klux Klan Act of uh, 1871, okay, the Ku Klux Klan Act of 1871. It gives background history uh, on this act. Also at Britannica.com. These are these are things that I teach in the um, online course that I teach on Saturdays from the Civil War to the Civil Rights Movement and Black Power. And we're at the point in the class uh, where, we, where we're dealing with uh, these different force acts and uh, the re- we just finished the Reconstruction Era, but we're still dealing with some of this. Uh, uh, we just talked about the presidential election of 1876 and the compromise of 1877, things like that. All right. Read this piece here from history.house.gov, the Ku Klux Klan Act of 1871. And it's going to be in October 1871 that uh, President Ulysses S. Grant used the powers given to him by the Ku Klux Klan Act of 1871 to declare martial law in nine counties in South Carolina nine counties in south carolina because of the attacks on african americans and and uh uh, white republicans and things like this okay so uh read this here from the uh history.house.gov all right i want to go quickly here to um update here dealing with r kelly and the uh, trial of r kelly uh let's go to this piece here from the now this talks about uh what happened in the trial on thursday uh August 26, okay. In the latest testimony uh, in the trial, one accuser said that R. Kelly can be nice, but he can put the fear of God in you. And she talked about R. Kelly uh, believing that he could uh, have sex with uh, young girls. He, He liked young girls. He could have sex with young girls because he's a genius. Let's go to this clip. I'll never forget
6: how he treated me. That's just one of the statements from an R. Kelly accuser while she was on the stand in a sex trafficking trial. She met with a singer when she was just a teenager, and she says Kelly could be nice, but also put the fear of God in her. BNC's Ray Clark has more from outside the courthouse in Brooklyn.
7: R. Kelly's former road manager, Tom Arnold, testified, providing some insight into how Kelly delegated responsibilities among his workers on the road and at home. But it was the testimony of a woman named Stephanie that probably resonated best with Jurors. Stephanie is now thirty-nine, but she testified she was seventeen when she first met R. Kelly. And during the time she spent with him, she told Jurors, she felt used abused degraded and humiliated stephanie told george she was a 17 year old high school student in 1998 when she first met r kelly at a mcdonald's in chicago that he was known for frequenting she said kelly had someone give her his phone number but she threw it away a year later she went to see kelly at a nike store where he was making an appearance she said she wanted to talk to kelly about a friend who was a singer. Stephanie said Kelly agreed to listen to her friend, but he wanted to get to know her first. Two weeks later, Stephanie says she met Kelly at a Chicago sound studio and they had sex. She said they continued having sex for six months. She said Kelly was two-faced. One side, very nice the other side very controlling, and that he put the fear of God in her when he was upset. She said Kelly recorded some of their sexual encounters, and she felt humiliated because he would tell her where to stand and what to do. And if she didn't do it the right way, he would become irate. She even testified Kelly gave her $300 to buy clothes so she could dress like the actress Sharon Stone. And after she turned 18, she said she had sex with R. Kelly one last time in Orlando, Florida, where he was recording. She said he arranged to travel to Florida for her and her friend. The last time she said she actually spoke with Kelly was in 1999, when she asked him for the sex tapes they recorded or destroyed them together, but she never got the tapes back. Stephanie says after having sex with R. Kelly a second time, she told him she was all- only 17 years old, and she says he simply said, that's okay. She also testified that R. Kelly told her, quote, he liked very young girls. And-
0: okay, we're going we're to pause it there. We're going to continue. Uh, those watching on Facebook and YouTube, keep watching. We'll keep broadcasting for a couple more minutes. We'll finish this up. We're out of time here. Remember, right now, it's correct your own behavior. It's not over till we win We'll kind of forever. We'll talk to you Sunday. Peace. All right. All right, stand by. Stand by. Uh, Let me cue this up here. Okay, let me finish this uh, clip up. All right, just a second. Everybody doing? Share this broadcasting on social media platforms. Invite your friends to tune in. Also read this uh, article here from uh, New York Times, New York Times. Uh, August 26th, updated August 27th, R. Kelly said he liked young girls. His third accuser testifies. The third accuser uh, to testify at the singer's trial said R. Kelly described himself as a genius, as a genius who should be allowed to do what he wanted. He even compared himself to um, Jerry Lee Lewis. Okay, We know Jerry Lee Lewis married his cousin when he, when she was like 12 or 13, I think it was the, the movie, uh, yeah, his 13 year old cousin, but that destroyed Jerry Lee Lewis, uh, career. That's not a good, um, that's not a good comparison. Okay. That destroyed Jerry Lee Lewis career. If you saw the movie great balls of fire and, uh, Winona white Riders and they're playing his wife when he, she was 13 years old, his cousin, um, That movies about Jerry Lee Lewis and how that marriage destroyed his career. Okay. So that's not a good comparison. Uh, let me find that clip here. Just a second. We have to. All right, let me cue that back up. This, we're only on nine, 10 AM superstation WFDF for an hour. Um,
7: Okay. Destroy them together, but she never got the tapes back. Stephanie says after having sex with R. Kelly a second time, she told him she was only 17 years old. And she says he simply said, that's okay. She also testified that R. Kelly told her, quote, he likes very young girls and people make such a big deal of it. Look at Jerry Lee Lewis. He says, I am a genius. He's a genius. We should be allowed to do whatever we want. R. Kelly has pleaded not guilty, but if he is convicted on racketeering and sex trafficking charges, he faces 10 years to life in prison. In Brooklyn, I'm Dre Clark for BNC.
0: All right. So that is from uh, the Black News Channel from Friday, August 27th. Okay. So check that out. That's on YouTube, the Black News Channel on uh, YouTube. Uh, that's great reporting. Uh, that's great reporting there from, uh, from Dre. Uh, I think it's Dre Clark for the Black News Channel. All right. So we'll talk some more about this, uh, some more developments in the trial. We'll talk some more about this on Sunday show, okay? And uh, we have some updates on the Jamaican uh, sprinters as well. Uh, Ann Fraser Price. We'll talk all, about all that on our uh, Sunday show. All right. Uh, if you like this type of information, you can support the African History Network dollar sign the AHN Show through Cash App dollar sign the AHN Show through Cash App, also through PayPal PayPal.me forward slash the AHN Show PayPal.me forward slash the AHN Show. We're here six days a week, so this helps us to keep doing the research, uh, keep broadcasting, uh, stay on the air, etc. Pay some of the bills. All right. Uh, I want to show you quickly here. I uh, teach the online course on Saturday, from the Civil War to the Civil Rights Movement and Black Power, 1865 to 1968. Uh, from the Civil War to the Civil Rights Movement and Black Power, 18 1865 to 1968. It's right on the home page of our website, africanhistorynetwork.com dot com, Network dot com. And uh, this class here, this picks up where uh, the first online course I teach ancient Kemet, the Moors, and my offer understand the transatlantic slave trade where they didn't teach you in school, uh, where that class leaves off. All right. So here we deal with, um, history, uh, the last year, the civil war. And, uh, we deal with, uh, 1865 to 1877 the reconstruction era. We deal with, uh, the end of slavery, the 13th amendment. All of that, the Fourteenth Amendment, Fifteenth Amendment, uh, Reconstruction Era, Presidential Election of 1876, the Compromise of 1877, which ends Reconstruction, uh, Jim Crow Era, World War One, World War Two, um, Civil Rights Movement, Black Power Movement. Okay, we deal with this a little more than 100-year period of history. It's a 10-week online course. Each class, we go through and analyze. Uh, approximately a 10 year period of history. So we teach this on Saturdays 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Now we do the class live. All the sessions are recorded and archived. All the sessions are recorded and archived. You can go back and watch them anytime. You don't have to be in class live or anything like that. In class, you can see me. I can't see you. You can watch from around the world. We have a live text chat so you can uh, ask questions uh, in the class also So this uh, this class is eighty dollars, regularly one hundred thirty dollars. Click right here on register here. It takes you to the next page, and uh, just click on enroll on the next page. And as soon as you register, you can start watching the content. You can watch the uh, classes we did the past uh, couple of weeks. We have all the classes archived there, and you'll be ready for uh, the next class. All right, and you still have access to the course even after. uh the class is over with okay so next year you can go back and watch the uh entire course all right you still have access to it now the other uh 10-week online course that i teach we do this on sundays and uh this one is ancient kemet the moors and the maafa understanding the transatlantic slave trade where they did teach them in school ancient kemet the moors and the maafa understanding the transatlantic slave trade where they didn't teach you in school. Uh, and we deal with uh, thousands of years of history and we deal with what led up to the transatlantic slave trade taking place. All right. So uh, that's on the homepage of our website, also African history com, And when you scroll down uh, the homepage, you'll see the information there about the radio show, well, six days a week. Uh, you can click here, the, the to read articles that I've written uh, there's information there about the african world festival I was there last weekend for the african world festival in Detroit okay so this one here ancient Kemet the Moors and the Maafa Understanding the transatlantic slave trade in this class is uh, we do this class on Sundays uh, 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and click right here register here and uh, you can register for the class so we do with thousands of years of history and what led up to the transatlantic slave trade taking place okay Uh, And we deal with the 800-year occupation of Europe by the Africans known as the Moors also. And the Moors are going to take the teachings from ancient Kemet, ancient Egypt into Europe. And this is going to bring Europe out of the Dark Ages. All right. So you can register for those at our website, um, uh, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. And then we'll post a link here uh, if you want to support us through Cash App or PayPal. And when I show those on the screen, it showed our uh, actual paper, uh, our official cash app account, dollar sign, the AHN show through cash app. Those other ones were uh, fake cash app accounts that people set up. I don't know who did do that. That's not us. Okay. So on our cash app account, it says uh, it's dollar sign, the AHN show, S H O W. That's our official cash app tag. And when you go there, it shows my name. It says Michael. And it shows my picture there. These other ones are fake African History Network cash app accounts. All right, look, we have to get out of here. Uh, remember, at the African History Network, we focus on educating and empowering and inspiring people of African descent throughout the diaspora and around the world. Because right now, it's correctional behavior. It's not over till we win. We'll count it forever. And we'll talk to you Sunday. Peace.
4: Black on Purpose Television Network. Yes, Black on Purpose Television Network. All Black all positive, all the time. The largest black-owned streaming television network in the world. Bringing our people together worldwide. Controlling our messages, our stories, our way. Black TV the way it should be. Black music, black history, and more. 30-plus channels thousands of shows black on purpose television network subscribe now
8: we all know the cannabis industry is headed toward an uprise in the past decade what happens when there is a brand that brings this uprise in a blow the cannabis industry welcomes her uprise hustle her hemp delivering excellence with pride is her watchword and how you choose to embrace it makes it a priority from cultivating rich cannabis into exquisite and tastefully finished CBD products to delivery, Hustler Hemp leaves no stone unturned. Hustler Hemp's mission is to empower women of color by building business and creating legacies, uniting beauty, health, and business. We are a pure definition of how we want the CBD industry to become in the future. While we are redefining innovation, we bring the same energy to improving the quality of life. Hustle Her Hemp is the new Uprise.
3: Gain knowledge in minutes from insightful summaries of progressive and socially conscious books. Blacklisted gives you access to curated content that'll satisfy your curiosity to learn and understand different perspectives. Empower yourself through inspirational and actionable ideas. It's easy to read or listen to on the go. Blacklisted. Empower yourself. Start your free trial today.
9: Hi, I'm Joel Wilson, president and CEO of JCW Computer Consulting LLC, a technology implementation firm with over 20 years of satisfying customers. We offer a full spectrum of industry top-tier branded services. We are an authorized partner or reseller for Lenovo, Zoom, T-Mobile, Microsoft 365 and Surface tablets, Google Workspace, Acer, Asus, Samsung, PCMatic security software, and many more. Our online store features laptops, Chromebooks, computers, printers, accessories, and software. Businesses, take advantage of our free one-hour Zoom tech consultation and know we offer top nationwide high-speed internet service providers, voiceover IP, and cellular phone services. Home users, don't miss our current in-stock Chromebook inventory. Please visit us at jcwcc.com or call 215-879-6701.